more than 90% of the people right now who, who passed away since March 1st from COVID-19 were not vaccinated. It is a difference of life and death. We have to fight for every vaccination. That is Michigan Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist speaking at last week's Detroit Policy Conference about the urgent need to boost vaccine numbers here in the state of Michigan and in the city of Detroit. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, your host, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. Uh, This city has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the state. While across Michigan, we're at about 63% of eligible residents who have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. That number is only about 39% here in Detroit. And if you live here in Detroit or if you work here in Detroit or if you're just here hanging out, you can notice a real difference in the way people are behaving post-vaccine. Think of the places that you go where you still see lots and lots of people wearing masks, wearing masks all the time. I see it all the time here in the city. Uh, When I go to other places, of course, because more people are vaccinated, uh, I see less of that. And so there's a palpable sense of hesitation and even refusal around the vaccine here in the city of Detroit. The state, of course, is trying a number of things to try to boost those vaccine rates, but numbers continue to slow down despite those efforts. So the question is, what should we be doing? What can government be doing? What should the private sector be thinking about doing to make sure that more people decide to get the shot uh, to be vaccinated for against COVID-19? Here to talk about this and other issues in our state is Garland Gilchrist. He is a native Detroiter and, of course, the lieutenant governor of the state of Michigan. Uh, Garland, welcome back to Detroit Today. Stephen, good morning. It's always good to be here with you and uh, Detroit Today listeners. Yes. So what do you think explains this very low vaccine rate here in Detroit? 39% of eligible residents have received one dose. That's less than the state. If you compare it to national numbers, of course, it's also quite low. You know, Stephen, just first and foremost, to, to, to ground us, it continues to be one of the most important choices a person can make to get vaccinated. And that's why we have tried and will continue to put all ideas on the table to make it as easy as possible for people to have access to the vaccine, which is one of the things Michigan and Detroit were leading on very early, but then also have as many programs and as many partnerships as possible to make it happen. So that's why we've done things like the My Shot to Win sweepstakes, which we just announced another round of $50,000 daily winners. Um, yesterday on, we are, we did a pretty innovative program where we have used mobile units, um, like mobile vans that are driving vaccines, literally the community to support door to door programs where people are not only having conversations and getting their questions answered about vaccines, um, but then also being told, Hey, well, you can go right down the street now and get it at this mobile unit or at a pharmacy or et cetera. I think what it comes down to though, is when we need to just recognize that, uh, vaccine rates are still higher in Michigan than in most parts than in most parts of the country, but nevertheless, we have to make sure every person gets there because this Delta variant is really outbreaking in a lot of places. We haven't yet seen that in Michigan, and and we need to continue to get <laughs> a shot shots in arms every single day to try to prevent that. Um, 
we know that this is something we all have to tackle. You know, we have individual opportunities to have conversations with folks to, to convince them to get vaccinated. And I'm doing that personally uh, every day. We have community organizations that are stepping up, churches that are stepping up in even bigger ways than before um, to make sure their members are vaccinated and the communities they serve are vaccinated. And we need more than that. This is all hands on deck, just like it's been all hands on deck throughout this whole pandemic. We can't let up and we have to make sure um, that people still know that this is the right choice to make. Mm. Uh, so we talked yesterday on the show about the fact that the Whitner administration's new My Shot to Win vaccine sweepstakes does not seem to be moving the needle in any significant way, at least not so far. So is the administration ready to move on to other strategies or are you going to give this a little more of a, a little more time, I guess, to, to maybe work? Well, certainly the program isn't over. So that program will run through. August, and so we're certainly not going to end that early. And I think that every additional person who gets a vaccine dose is a step in the direction that we need to go in. So we're going to continue that. But we also, as I indicated, are going to look at more and more programs, look at more and more communication strategies. So, for example, you know, we're going to be rolling out soon a, a, a round of things that are really specifically targeted at young people of color and young black men in Detroit that I'm really participating in. Um, really talking about, again, what people's questions are, connecting people to the answers to those questions, and then, again, the, the opportunity to get vaccinated right in your community. And there are all sorts of other tactics that we want to deploy. But I also want to ask folks, you know, um, if there are ideas that people have uh, that they've seen that have worked in their life or with people in their families or in their communities, uh, we want to understand them so that we can perhaps uh, apply those ideas and tactics to more and more people. Um, we don't have a monopoly on all of the ways to get people vaccinated, all the ways that can help a person be convinced to get vaccinated uh, in state government. This is a community-wide effort, and it needs to be um, all the community ideas on the table to be able to be deployed to get people to live. Because, look, I don't want more people to get sick from, from COVID-19 or from the Delta variant. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know another person who's passed away. I'm at 27, and I don't want to get to 28. We don't want to lose more Michiganders and more Detroiters. Yeah. And so we need everybody's uh, all hands on deck, you know, ideas on the table. So speaking of ideas that uh, citizens have, we've got a, a caller who I want to uh, get into the conversation here, Gene in Detroit. Gene, what's on your mind? Uh, thank you, Stephen. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I'd like to ask Lieutenant Governor, why doesn't the state offer tax credit to employers and organizations who uh, mandate for their employers, or their employees and uh, members to get vaccinated? Hmm. Uh, that's an interesting idea, Gene. I'm glad you called uh, and, and suggested that. Uh, before you answer, Garland, I would expand just a little on, on Gene's idea to this, this concept of the private sector and the role that it, that it can play in convincing people to get vaccinated, not just in terms of businesses and their employees, as Gene is talking about, but businesses and their customers. Uh, the idea that saying, hey, look, if you want to get on this airplane, you have to have a vaccination. You want to eat in this restaurant, you have to have a vaccination. What can the state be doing to to incentivize more of that behavior? But but let's start with uh, with Gene's question about tax credits for businesses that would mandate vaccines for their employees. You know, so so Gene, uh, I appreciate you calling, and I appreciate the suggestion and the idea. And again, we need all these kinds of ideas like that. Um, these are types of things that we need to consider. And I'll you know I'll be blunt that uh, in terms of state policy, one of the challenges has been the politicization of 
getting vaccinated itself. And we've seen, you know, Republican partisans be very, very vociferously anti-vaccine in Michigan, just like they have in other parts of the country. And so that's led to when you're talking about things like uh, tax incentives and stuff like that, those are things that would need to go through a legislative process. And you know, Michigan Republicans have shown themselves um, not willing or not interested in doing things to encourage people to get vaccinated at a high level. But nevertheless, you talk about the the opportunities that, you know, businesses and private enterprises have to to make it clear that vaccination is important. And we've seen imp- the impact of that during the pandemic before, you know, when businesses were clear and they displayed that they, you know, were wanting people to have masks on in their facilities. We saw people comply with that. And so I think certainly businesses should consider the tools that they have. We know that people throughout this pandemic have more visibility into how much they love and support and appreciate the small businesses in our community. And so one of the ways to support, to protect uh, the livelihood of those businesses in our in our communities is to get vaccinated so that you can continue to support them and they can continue to support the community. So I think that um, that should be something that entrepreneurs and business owners should consider. Hmm. Is the administration able to, even without the legislature, which would, of course, be required to do something like a tax credit program, but, but you know, the governor has a pretty powerful bully pulpit. She has relationships with business leaders across the state. Give us a sense of what those conversations look like. Uh, Are there conversations about the role that the business community is playing and and should play or could play uh, in all this between the governor and those business leaders? Well, you know, I have conversations with entrepreneurs and small business owners and even business owners from larger enterprises from Detroit and other parts of the state on a daily basis. And, you know, certainly they want to make sure that uh, they're able to continue to operate, that their team members are taken care of and are healthy. And so you've seen uh, some businesses and some entities, uh, you know, go that far as to require people to get vaccinated. And what we, our, our conversations have been, we want you to use all the tools in your toolbox. Um, there's a lot that you can do. And, and we want you to be creative when we think that you know your people, you know your customers. And so uh, use everything that you can to help us reach this community-wide goal. Again, this is not a goal that was set, you know, sort of arbitrarily just for the sake of setting a goal. Um, for the sake, this is about protecting people and, by extension, protecting our economy through protecting our public health. And so we've certainly encouraged them to use every tool they have at their disposal. We've seen some enterprises step up and do that already. I've seen some, some small businesses, uh, you know, in the city and in other parts of Metro Detroit. Um, also take similar steps. And so I, I hope that everyone continues to consider that. Hmm. Uh, if, if you would love to join the conversation and ask a question of Lieutenant Governor Garland and Gilchrist, uh, you can give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Garland, I also want to ask you about the tab for fixing the infrastructure insufficiencies we have here in Southeast Michigan. This has been a crazy summer with the rains and the flooding and all of the, the blame that is being cast about, about uh, who, who is responsible for all of this. I had a conversation with the president and CEO of the Great Lakes Water Authority who said that she thought it would cost up to $17 billion to separate our stormwater and sewage systems here in Metro Detroit, which is one of the things, one of the solutions that uh, I think we've known for a long time 
we needed to to get after. Uh, how realistic is it to come up with the resources we need to really do something like that? That number, I had never heard anything close to it before. I, I've always thought it was a couple billion dollars that we were behind on stormwater and, and sewage. She says it's at least at least that high. Uh, what is the administration's position on how we can turn turn toward uh, you know raising the money and getting all of this stuff fixed? Well, Stephen, not to speak to that specific number, but it is true that for longer than I've been alive, we've been not investing in infrastructure at the level that we need to uh, in Southeast Michigan, in the city, in the state of Michigan, frankly, overall. I mean, certainly um, our administration is no stranger to talking about the importance of investing in infrastructure from roads to bridges to water to Internet access. And so I think the path to it, we have actually a big opportunity um, that is coming before us uh, with the work that the Biden-Harris administration is doing, with the, the, the negotiations that our congressional delegation or, and our Democrats in our delegation, at least, are really leading on um, in Washington to be able to uh, secure federal resources um, in an unpre- at an unprecedented level to make the sorts of infrastructure investments that we need in Michigan when the, you know, both the president and the vice president have been here um, in the last several weeks, and we have discussed that uh, with them directly, the governor and I, and, and members of our teams. And so there's a path to, to hopefully securing some resources this year um, to be able to make these kinds of investments. And what we need to make sure is happening is that leaders uh, from, the, from the local level, from our municipalities, from our counties, from our water systems and, and, and the like, um, are coming together and talking about what those plans would need to be in order to build infrastructure that will work for us for the next 50 years. Um, but we recognize that, yeah, it takes a deep investment because it hasn't been invested in for two generations. Okay, Garland Gilchrist, uh, Lieutenant Governor of the State of Michigan, I know you have to run, but I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us here on Detroit Today. Always great to have you. I'll get to talk to you, Stephen. You take care, everyone. Be safe. And um, please, please have a conversation with someone about getting vaccinated uh, because it's the most important thing we can do to keep each other safe. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about mosquitoes, why they're so bad right now, and what we can do to try to get through this summer. A little light topic, but not that light if you think of how annoying it is to sit outside right now at night and have to spray yourself down or swat constantly. We're going to talk with Howard Russell, an entomologist at Michigan State University, about what's going on and what we should do about it. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.